0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The coronation in the aftermath. Now we can do the post-mortem. As we say, we don't mean that in the negative way. But in what happened, all the expectations. Did it change things? There was a big challenge there. The royal family looking at this coronation in a way that they had never experienced, not just with criticism, there was a different feeling. They'd had a defection from the family. There was a tension between two brothers, part of the whole royal experience, and now they weren't speaking. And then they had the absence of Diana and the new reality and the the fact that King Charles had to reach out and show diversity and things that the royal family has not had this kind of pressure. We're going to talk about what worked and what didn't and what's been left behind. Dr. Barbara J. Messamore is a history professor at the University of the Fraser Valley. Welcome, Dr. Messamore. Thank you for being here. Uh, Yeah. Hi, Earlene. Good to be with you. All right, it was. There was a lot of expectations here in a different kind of a way. There was no dazzling dress, but there was a lot of other things. Did it work for you? What are your impressions on the day after?
1: Yeah, I think the event would have to be described as a success. I think that, you know, you're very right in what you say. There was a degree of apprehension about a lot of things. I think... um, you know, my takeaway from it would be that the overall message was one of continuity, kind of a reassuring message, I think, about um, the remarks um, the king made in um, after Queen Elizabeth's death. And I think then, too, we kind of heard that message of reassurance. I think, you know, people had known Charles throughout his life and maybe had some um, apprehensions about you know, what new <laughs> brand he would put on his role as sovereign. Uh, but I think that, you know, granted there were elements in the coronation ceremony that were different, but I think by and large, um, you know, if you sat through the three hours you can get on YouTube, of <laughs> Queen Elizabeth's <laughs> coronation, you'd see many common elements um, I think the one thing that definitely was modernized is that there was a much reduced role for peers. Uh, that was something that features very prominently in uh, Elizabeth's mm-hmm. coronation. Um, but I think, you know, in light of the things that you just mentioned, that there were some controversies and, and within the royal family, I think those were really deftly handled. I think um, one of the things I noticed, for example, is that... Um, Traditionally, all members of the royal family would would pay homage to the to the king. In this case, we just had william the the heir to the throne doing that, and that avoids of course any of the awkwardness of of putting the spotlight on Andrew or Harry or mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that so So that was certainly deftly handled. Um, one of the other things I might remark on is that um, there was a distinction in that charles 's oath. Um, didn't mention the Commonwealth realms individually, um, you know, in, in Elizabeth's both uh, each um, or not, not every realm, but uh, but uh, some of the realms, including Canada, of course, were mentioned individually. And somebody remarked that um, that might be t- sort of to avoid drawing attention to the fact that there were fewer of, of them, uh, if we yes. mention, for example, Jamaica as a commonwealth mm-hmm. realm, that would attract attention to the fact that they're uh, seriously contemplating a, a um, in the immediate
0: future. Leaving. A
1: sentence, <laughs> yeah. <that> way, right? <laughs>
0: Yes, it was. There was a lot of stuff and it was there and it was handled. But as you say, Mm -hmm. it takes a deft hand to pull that off. Mm -hmm. The one thing I'm going to ask you before we go to break, and I know you're going to stick with us because there's lots to go through here, is, you know, I've talked a lot about the history of it and remembering, Mm -hmm. you know, studying at university, the importance of us, of, of the pageantry and our history from villages and towns and all of it. And this is huge. And this is one of the reasons why people watch it. We're kind of hardwired for this. Uh (laughs) That's part of history, isn't it? I mean, this is uh, certainly your studies. It was, uh, there's something about that coronation and the deep history of it that reminds us we do have a past.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah that, that's that's a good point to make and I think you know that's a point when I make that I make when somebody for example is asking me about Charles's recent 10% dip in popularity in the polls mm-hmm. I you know I think that um those things you know of course they're important to to note and whatnot, but the the institution stretches back a thousand years and and elements of the coronation likewise you know so so yeah i feel like um it's significant i think that in important moments that we lean on tradition we go back you know we don't have to invent things uh, afresh each time and i think you know in our own families we do that with weddings and funerals and things like that yes We, we put our own stamp on them but um but in important moments we we kind of signal that importance with ritual and of course you know the British do pageantry in such a wonderful way,
0: right? Let me ask you, I spoke about the dress and the garments and Mm -hmm. the importance Mm -hmm. of that. And they had been changed a little bit too, but some of them were from a very distant path. I mean, it Mm -hmm. it really was just a, a huge example of history and outfits and why they matter.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there were, of course, some things that were updated. I mean, I know, you know if you think back, obviously the, the Queen's coronation can't be compared because the garments are going to be different for a for a Queen. But um, and if we look back to George the Sixth, I mean, I, I suppose we wouldn't. Ex- ex- expect um, Charles to be wearing knee breeches. It'd be pretty easy to look ridiculous in that <laughs> uh, garb. But <laughs> but some elements, as you say, are very ancient indeed, like, you know, the um, Calabrian uh, sindonus, the, the linen tunic, the uh, super tunica, that golden coat that he wore, the, the coronation girdle, all these elements. And of course, it's important to remember that The coronation is a religious ritual, right? And so, you know, in religious observances, similarly, we see these kind of vestments, and and those are significant, you know, the anointing with holy oil, an important part of the coronation. Um, So those things are, are, you know, not accidental. There's kind of a reason for that. Um, I suppose it's also important to note that, uh, you know, as a a religious ritual, Mm -hmm. it's a Church of England ritual, Uh, or at least it has been for the last 500 of those 1,000 years, right, (laughs) give or take. Um, Mm -hmm. But but there were other faith elements that were incorporated. And, um, you know, I'm sure uh, viewers who watch the coronation noticed that. that We had, for example, a a Roman Catholic cardinal giving a a blessing for the first time in more than 400 years. Uh, we had... British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, a uh, practicing Hindu reading, uh, doing a Bible reading. We had a, a Greek Orthodox choir. We had a Sikh representative, Lord Inderjeet uh, Singh, uh, presenting the coronation glove. Um, and and uh, even the Pope's gift of what was purported to be a piece of the true cross being uh, inlaid into the cross of Wales during the profession, right? And so, you know, they, they kind of, again, had to strike a balance there. It is a, an Anglican ceremony, and yet there were these interfaith elements incorporated.
0: And so... Yeah, great diversity. Gar- yeah, the the word yeah. got, mm-hmm. uh, got a mm-hmm. lot of meaning there. You know, how do you mm-hmm. think it, it's being belt in Canada. We know now we're going to have King Charles on the money that was announced mm-hmm. yesterday also we have a yeah. new we have a new flag where his uh, crown is going to be featured on it. It was a reminder. Yep. and Not all people like it. I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know. We're divided here in Canada, aren't we? Certainly Do you are. think it yes. did it add to it in your opinion? Add to the division you mean or or, or maybe brought us together a reminder I does see, it did yeah. it help
1: or hurt well, I think one of one thing that I thought was a um a really important moment was um the remarks of um Chief Perry Belgard, the former chief of the mm-hmm. Assembly of First Nations, and he spoke in very positive terms about the king and about um the fact that the king is um their treaty partner right? And and, uh, the Indigenous Nations Treaty Partner. And so I think that's something that tends to get downplayed a bit. I mean, we think of the monarchy as it is, as a colonial institution. But of course, all our treaties with First Nations are in the name of the crown. And, you know, those aren't merely transactions, right? That's about a relationship, and Bellegarde is somebody who's uh, had the opportunity to spend a lot of time with um, with the king, and um, they have a relationship, and that matters to to not all, but but many um, Indigenous nations. So, so I think that's significant. I mean, even the fact that the the uh, 18th century royal proclamation, the thing that we that recognizes what we now call Aboriginal title, you know, that wasn't legislation by an elected body; that was a proclamation by the by the Sovereign, right, so I think that's a really important Canadian element that we don't want to lose sight of um I get like in Canada, of course there's um uh, you have to be politically responsive as you say we're we're divided on this question and and you know nobody could could say that Justin Trudeau's government's gone all out in the <laughs> celebration of the coronation no. and a lot of aspects of the local celebrations have been pretty subdued I understand there's there's uh, further things planned but you know those decisions are always made in a climate of, of economic retrenchment and and uh, thinking about you know gauging the popular mood eh
0: It is. How much do you think the personalities mattered? Diana hit with a bang and increased the, like Tiger Woods increased the interest in golf. (laughs) Princess Diana increased the interest in the coronation.
1: Yeah, Is that's a, a that's a great point. Yeah, they, the personalities matter a great deal, and I think even the most diehard Republicans probably would have said, "Oh well, you know, while the Queen lives, we won't push the issue. But the moment the succession <laughs> happens, then uh, then it's a whole different question." And and yes, I think that you know it's undeniable that that um, Charles has um, not got the that immense personal popularity of, of Queen Elizabeth. I mean, those are, are big shoes to fill, right? And, and, um, I think that, um, he's, he's performed his, his, uh, role admirably so far. It's early days, but he's, he's spent a lifetime preparing for it. And, uh, and of course, there's all the, the baggage of, of Queen Camilla as well, right? And so, huh. yeah, that, that can't, um, uh, be overlooked as a factor. They, the personalities no. always matter, and I guess what I would say is that is that it um, the institution is bigger than any individual, right? And and so over over history, there have been times when we've had deeply unpopular sovereigns and, and uh, somehow it survived. And even those that are broadly popular have had their moments of, of being unpopular. <laughs> Queen Victoria herself, mm-hmm. you know, who everybody thought was, was uh, you know, wonderful in her um, decades of service, you know, after entering a protracted mourning after the death of Prince Albert, mm-hmm. there were times when um, people were uh, really quite critical of her.
0: Yeah. And and even even Queen Elizabeth after the death of Diana, having to reverse it and give her a different kind of a funeral and that pressure on her. And we we watched Mm -hmm. her change and she was not comfortable with it and dug in her heels. And how can these wives ruin things? And Mm -hmm. how much do you think? I mean, does the Harry and Meghan, does it add or distract? Because there we have, I mean, for me. I I was watching when I watched. I think I was like everyone else. Is he sad? I I was terribly interested on how he felt, and I wasn't yeah. so sure that I could read it. Maybe you could.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I certainly have no particular insight into that. But I, you know, I I, hmm. I think the the way that the palace has handled it, I think, has been right. That they've kind of uh, maintained a. a Dignified silence about a lot of things, not responding to particular allegations, and, and that I should say, even you know, when you think of some of the um, complaints that the, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex had, you know, about Megan not being protected and this sort of thing. I mean, that's kind of that kind of goes with the territory that you don't weigh in to wage a uh, mm-hmm. wage a war with the press, even if they've got it wrong. You know, you just kind of keep the dignified silence, and things tend to themselves out over time. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad and yet I think the message overall is one of um, acceptance of Harry as a family member. And, um, and he was, he was there, he was present. I think it was uh, probably for the best (laughs) that the Duchess didn't accompany him as a distraction, you know, and, uh, Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that the, palace kind of made the the best of a very difficult situation in that by by keeping the door open to um, to their involvement in this in this way the presence at the coronation but of course we didn't have the personal homage which you you know might have uh, produced some awkwardness right
0: if you want to hear more subscribe to the roy green show on apple podcasts